Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Ordinarily, I'd say welcome to Sunday morning, but this is a Wednesday night. This is our uh, our meet meet. We've had a good time, and you know, we pastors already let it be known that when the good messages come out, you can just look for it. It's happening. <laughs> No, we had a good dinner tonight, and I appreciate all the people turned out tonight, so we're going to feed you some dessert here very shortly and get into that word, so we've had our bellies full, now we're going to get our souls full, so well, let's uh, take up prayer requests, I know the needs are many, uh, Francisco, right, is he doing better, or I hadn't heard any update. message said had a bad car wreck so you know many of us know what that's about so you know let's keep him lifted up in prayers and also brother Bobby and sister Linda uh, they've been sick with the strep and different ones you know with, with that going on in their clan so let's keep them lifted up brother I saw your hand Also, Margie's uh, sister, Spurgeon. different when it's in your backyard you know sometimes you think these news reports are just random things on a television screen but when they hit home and it's personal around you know so let's keep that family lifted up as well yes brother yeah. we need to pray for this country too that they get back on track and stop all this foolishness and get our country back and rolling again because we're in desperate times, you know, and, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of end time talk going on right now about what's happening and, you know, Jesus even spoke of it in Matthew, so, you know, if that's true and it's coming, then we need to show ourselves ready and prepared because it's going to happen with or without our approval, and I think a lot of people are living like they've got all day and all night and do what they want to do, and Time is quickly running short. I've heard that my whole life, that we're living in the last days. If we live that way and prepare ourselves, it won't be such a shock. Remember Ronnie's crippled foot? He was trying to kick Michelle, and she dodged, and he hit a brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saw him uh, buttering up, making her get his plate for him. I said, man, what a gig, what a gig. 
<laughs> a kid no respect at all at my house. Well, look at him. He, he's getting his meal served for him. I tell you, tough room. Right, <laughs> Anybody else with a need for
Who can? That's one good reason right there why you need to pray over your food and pray that God has dominion over it. says the name of the Lord's a strong tower and the righteous run into and are safe and so we can always call upon the name of the Lord any time day or night awake or sleeping the Lord is always there he never slumbers he never sleeps he's always on the job anybody else with a request for prayer for someone over the house no more needs unspoken requests let's pray and then we'll get this service started and we'll get our worship going Let's all stand. Lord, we thank you for this night of worship tonight, Lord, and fellowship. Lord, it's been so good so far, Lord. We ask that you continue to carry us through this evening, Lord, with good word and good fellowship again, Lord, that we may feast from your table. We feasted from ours, Lord. Now we're ready to feast from yours. Feed our hearts, Lord. Open our hearts, minds, and understanding to what you have for us tonight, Lord. Give us peace. Give us tranquility, Lord. Help us to center on your word and everything that we do, Lord, and take heart in that. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do tonight, Lord, and everything. We give you praise and glory. Praise.
How many is glad for victory we have in Jesus tonight? Hallelujah. It don't matter what's going on in this world. As long as you're in Jesus, you're going to be all right. The Bible lets us know that the things in the world, amen, is going to get worse and worse. And the only ones we can give any hope to at all is those that are in Jesus Christ. Those that saved by the blood and had that blood applied to their life and their sins forgiven. Amen. That's the only hope, folks. That's the only hope. Hallelujah. Amen. And we victory's not something you're going to get later. Victory's something you already got right now if you're in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I gained the victory when Jesus died on that cross and came out of that tomb three days later. Hallelujah. The devil from that point has no power, has no authority, has no legal right. Hallelujah. And the only, the only ones who's, um, who are believers in Jesus Christ are getting beat up by the devil are those who don't really understand who they are in Jesus. You need to understand who you are in Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I just, man, I just praise the Lord tonight. It's great to be in the house of God and see everybody here and those that's watching by means of the live stream. Amen. And we just gonna, we're just thankful to God, what God is doing. Amen. We are, um, um, God is on the move, folks. Amen. I know the devil's moving in this world. Amen. But that's, that's to, like I said, that's to be expected because the Bible said he knows he's just got a short piece. And what's going on in the Middle East right now, all that, all that is is just a prelude of what's going to happen. Amen. That big valley, amen, outside of Jerusalem over there, amen, it's so many miles long and, and wide. The Bible tells us that there's going to be so many people killed and slaughtered in this last war that the blood is going to rise up to the horses' bridles. That's what the Bible says. Think about that. Think about how many people it's got to be to have blood like that. Think about that. That's why you need to be, amen, letting your light shine and tell everybody you need to know, amen, about Jesus. Amen. Because we've passed the time that we need to get ready. We need to be ready. We need to be ready. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Ready for his coming. Praise the Lord. All right. We're going to give just for just a few minutes because we don't want to get into our teaching time. But uh, there might be about um, you know, two or three that's got a testimony on your heart that you'd like to stand and give. God's done something for you. And you like to do that right now. Does anybody want to testify? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody? Yes. Mm -hmm.
Right. Yes. Amen. Yes, praise the Lord. Bless him, Lord. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Going through the death of a spouse is probably the hardest thing that you'll ever go through because... The Bible says two become one flesh, so that means part of you died. And um, so um, we're definitely praying for Brother Paul. Amen. we got time for one more. If one more person wants to stand and testify tonight. Praise the Lord. Yes, Sister.
Praise God. God is good. And all the time, give him one more hand clap of praise. We're going to receive our midweek offering, and I think about everybody knows the midweek offering uh, is designated for our missionary fund and also our, our deacon's help fund. And we're fixing to get into the holiday season, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And uh, we always, the church, we always try to reach out beyond the four walls and help people that are less fortunate. And the offerings that we receive on Wednesday night helps us to do that. We, we send money to the Goodlesville Help Center that gives um, uh, people in the area uh, low-income families help. And um, um, we, we support them every year. And uh, uh, it all comes from what we do on Wednesday night. So um, that's where uh, the funds will go to. And um, we don't pass the plate on Wednesday night. If you've got a gift to bring, we ask you to come and put it in, in the pan, or you can go out to the welcome desk and use the kiosk there if you want to give by a card. And, uh, and then while, while we're giving, you can uh, shake hands with one another and greet one another. Let's ask God's blessing over the offering. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. We thank you and praise you, God, for what you are doing. Thank you for this tremendous service in your spirit. We glorify you tonight and we worship you. Bless this offering tonight. Bless both the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. God bless you as you give and greet one another.
Testing one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's give him a hand clap. Making your way back to your seats, everybody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We started a lesson last Wednesday night and we'll, by the grace of God, finish it up tonight. Um, I was mildly moved by the Spirit of God to get involved in this because the greatest tool the devil has in his toolbox is deception. All the way, and last week we brought it back all the way back to Adam and Eve. That's how the devil got the best of Eve, is through deception. If you'll remember, when God was talking to Eve after the fact and asked what happened, Eve told God to say, uh, that, that the serpent beguiled me. And uh, 
Folks, you better be on your toes today because there's more deception and even in the church world, you need to know who is speaking into your life. And you better be careful with some of these fly-by-night jokers running around claiming this and claiming that. I got the gift of this, I got the gift of that. I found out a long time ago that most of those guys, the only kind of gift they got is a gift of gab. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, and uh, so the devil is about deception. And last week I talked, of there, I talked about a false anointing and a false doctrine. Uh, and we talked about that... Um, well, we, I don't think we got to the false doctrine part, no. Uh, there's four things that, that we're dealing with, false anointing, false doctrine, false brethren, and false blessing. I hope we got enough handouts uh, uh, for everybody, because um, how I do my Wednesday night lesson, I, uh, I do a uh, basically a, a, a small commentary on what we're teaching about. And we're going to go ahead and get started. Tonight we're going to start with the false doctrine. And that's what we're going to be. Oh, that bottle of water is pitiful. Hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> um, so if you will look um, at, your, at your handout you got, the next deception that Satan is famous for is false doctrine. False doctrine produces false converts who think they are right and they are serving God when in reality they are following just a religious path that leads to destruction. Sometimes it's hard for us to understand that there are people out there who will willingly and knowingly uh, feed you a pack of lies. And most of the time they do it for the money. Amen, for the money. Uh, and But they're out there. And the Bible lets us know that the closer we get to the end time, the worse it's going to be. Until the man of sin comes on the scene, it's going to be the, the number one. And Everybody who rejected Christ and didn't uh, uh, and didn't make it in the rapture is going to believe the the, the the lie and the and listen to this. There's going to be there's coming a time that the Bible says God will allow you to believe a lie and be damned because you didn't believe in the gospel of the only begotten Son. Amen. So. False doctrine. Now, doctrine is a set of ideas, beliefs, that are taught or believed to be true. Biblical doctrine refers to teachings that align with the revealed Word of God, the Bible. False doctrine is any idea that adds to, takes away, contradicts, or nullifies the doctrine given in God's Word. Folks, this, this right here has got to be your foundation. Amen. It's got to be your foundation. And I'll tell you this. 
if this guy right here ever gets up here and tells you, God has given me a, a new revelation and we don't need this no more, it's time for you to find somewhere else to go. Because I can still remember a man by the name of Jim Jones. He started out good and doing good work in, pe in the people's temple there. Doing a good work. But it grew and it was blessed until one Sunday he got up and he made that statement. He told people he, he took the Bible and I'm told he tossed it down on the floor and says, you don't need that no more. You listen to the revelation God gave me. Now them people, every one of them should have got up and walked out and left. And those who didn't do it followed him off to another place and 969 men, women, and children were poisoned by the Kool-Aid he caused them to drink. Amen. So, this what I'm talking about tonight is a serious thing. It's a real serious thing. Uh, <clears throat> so, false doctrine is anything that adds to this book, takes away from this book, and even contradicts this book. I don't care... I don't care if you, if you have a vision, like I told you last week, and an angel comes and tells you something that's, that, that nullifies this book, it's false. Don't believe it. You know, I told you last week, if I, if I have a dream in the middle of the night, and in that dream an angel comes to me and says, the rapture, Jesus is coming back on this date and at this time. Should, and I get up and say, well, I, I know when he's coming back. Should you believe that? Because, why? Because Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour. He, he said he didn't only the Father in heaven knew. Angels don't know. Amen. So, they are, always remember, when you, when, when, if you do have an angel appear, you better check my find out what kind of wings they have because the devil's got angels too. Hallelujah. You know, some people uh, measure whether or not somebody's got the true spirit by how much they speak in tongues. But I'm going to tell you something. The, the prettiest prayer language and tongue talking I ever heard in my life came out of somebody who was demon possessed. Amen. The devil knows how to talk in tongues. And he can do it good. Amen. So I, I've got to move on. Anything uh, taught or preached that is not established in the word of God is false doctrine and should never be received or adhered to. And furthermore, if anyone comes to your house, and I've gotten princes there, of worship, who is a known teacher of false doctrine, you are not to grant him or her a platform to peddle their beliefs. Amen. Look at 2 John chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Listen to what he said. If there come any, any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed, for he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. Amen. God, is, God means business about this, folks. 
Amen. And we better mean business about it and understand uh, who's doing the talking. Now, we understand, and, and I wanted to bring this out. We understand that there are different interpretations and applications of the word. So that because someone else interprets differently <coughs> doesn't mean they are a false teacher. If, they, if they're in, in a scripture in the Bible and their interpretation of it is a little different than yours, don't necessarily mean they're a false teacher or a false prophet. We need to understand that our limited understanding of truth and that no one has complete truth. Nobody has um, a monopoly on truth. Look at 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. And now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. I've got that highlighted. Now I know in part. But then shall I know even as also I'm known. When I was younger, I, I, I hate to, to admit this and tell this on myself, but when I was younger, if somebody didn't believe 100% like I did, I didn't think I could have fellowship with them. Amen. I didn't think I could have fellowship. If, if, and then finally, one day, I think the Lord got fed up with my chain of thought, and he gave me this scripture and showed me, we see through a glass darkly. Now I know in part. And God let me know right there that even the best that I can understand and see, I'm still looking at I'm still looking at it darkly. I cannot understand it all. I cannot grasp it all. Amen. And the things that I know, I only know in part. But there's gonna come a day we're gonna know it all. Like the old song, we will understand it better by and by. Amen. So we've got to realize that everybody is on a different spiritual level. Everybody's not on the same spiritual level. And just because they haven't reached your level or you on a, don't mean that you can't have fellowship with them. And here's the line in this next paragraph. But where we need to draw the line is a foundational doctrine that go all the way back to the apostles. That's where we got to draw the line. And what the church was established on, such as the virgin birth. Amen. Folks, there's no way anybody can be right and be saved if they don't believe in the virgin birth. That's a, that, there ain't no give and take on that. It's a fun, fundamental truth. Amen. Jesus had to be born of a virgin. If he wasn't born of a virgin, he would have inbred sin in him just like all the rest of us do. And it took a sinless sacrifice to take away the sin of the world. Amen. So, I mean, that, that's a foundational truth. And that's one that the apostles, every one of them, taught and believed. By the Bible being the only absolute written word of God to man. That's another fundamental basic. We, you, you've got to understand that, that this is God's word. And it's the only written word of God to man, and it's inerrant. 
if there's an error, it's going to come through me and my understanding of it. Amen. So that's a basic foundation. Also, the name of Jesus. There's no other name among men given among men for under heaven whereby we must be saved. Hallelujah. We've got to come together on that. And the Acts 2.38 plan of salvation, just to name a few. So what I'm saying, we can still have fellowship if the people understand and believe the foundational doctrines that were started with the apostles. Amen. We can still have fellowship, even though, uh, you know, whether or not you're pre-trib, mid, or, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, and uh, I had one guy try to strike up an argument with me about where heaven was going to be. And uh, uh, I said, listen, I don't care where it's at, as long as I'm there and Jesus is there, it's going to be all right. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not going to argue with you over stuff like that. Amen. It don't have anything to do with salvation. Amen. So, you know, and the devil, he uses that. See, uh, unity of the body of Christ is far more important than our individual pet doctrines. Ooh. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, you may have a conviction over about something. Uh, and, uh, but... You know, if you've got that conviction over it, don't try to impose that conviction on somebody else if it don't have anything to do with salvation. Because unity of the body is more important. Hallelujah. We've got to be unified for the Spirit of God to come in our midst. Hallelujah. I mean, that's one of the many keys that we have in our congregation here. We believe in that unity. We believe that we've got to be in one mind and one accord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Romans 14 and 19. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Hallelujah. I should have a desire to try to edify you, not try to tear you down. Amen. And so likewise we one another. As followers of Christ, we have no excuse for remaining ignorant of sound biblical doctrine because we have the whole counsel of God. I'm not going to take the time to um, read these scriptures. You can look them up later, Acts 20, 27, available to us. The Bible is complete. And as we study to show ourselves approved unto God, 2 Timothy 2 and 15, we are less likely to be taken in by the smooth talkers and false prophets. Amen. If you study for the word of God of yourself, you're less likely to be taken in. Amen. Uh, don't take somebody's word. Amen. Check it out for yourself. Check it out for yourself. Amen. Uh, when we know God's word, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness in deceitful scheming, my Lord. Sound biblical doctrine is spiritually healthy and necessary for the growth 
and our salvation as well. 1 Timothy 4 and 16. Take heed to thyself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So sound doctrine is important. And we've got to make sure that that's what we are getting. All right, we're going to move on to false brethren. And the next exception that Satan is linked is linked to false doctrine is false brethren. And that would be, uh, and that's what we're going to talk about now. Those in the fellowship of the church who are not genuine or authentic. Amen. Those in fellowship, that's, that's who false brethren are. Those who are in fellowship of the church, but they're not genuine or authentic. They're just putting on a pretense, putting on a show. These folks have infiltrated the ranks of the saints, pretending to be the real deal, but they are false as Tammy Faye Baker's eyelashes. <laughs> I figure some of you would remember that name. Uh, yeah, you are that old. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> these these people that infiltrate and they they claim to be real and authentic, but they're about as false as Tammy Faye Baker's eyelashes. Uh, Galatians chapter two verses four and five. And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in who came in by stealth. Look at that. To spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us under bondage, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might be continue, uh, might continue with you. Now, uh, Paul was writing here uh, to the church of Galatia, and he was talking about these false brethren that they uh, come in sneakily uh, to spy out the liberty. And he's talking about uh, the, uh, uh, those at that time that was trying to add what you needed to do to be saved and what they were trying to add that you, unless you can be circled. Unless you're circumcised, you can't be saved. Uh, just to make it simple, Paul said that stuff is hogwash. Amen. Uh, I don't know if you've ever how much you studied or not, but water baptism is actually what took the Old Testament uh, uh, place the Old Testament circumcision. That's what took the place of it. Uh, and uh, it's not necessary for, uh, for salvation. False brethren, now get this, listen, this good. They sow discord, they gossip, they disrupt the order of a service. See, there's some fruits you can follow with some folks that kind of give you a hint of whether or not they're real or genuine. Somebody that's genuine is not going to go around trying to sow discord in the church. Do you know the Bible says in Proverbs they, 
They are, they are uh, six things that God hates, and the seven is abomination to him. And you know what that seven is? He that soweth discord among the brethren. Amen. Sadly, I've seen that too many times down through my life. Amen. Those coming in, trying to sow discords, trying to stir up something. Amen. Uh, uh, and... Uh, these folks uh, are showing that they're not genuine, they're not real. They're so discord, they are gossip. Hmm. Disrupt the order of service. Amen. The Bible says let everything done be done decently in order. I believe in the move of the Spirit and the Holy Ghost, but there's a, if it's a true Holy Ghost, it's, it's going to be in order. It ain't going to be no bunch of confusion. Amen. I mean, I'm getting, I'm teaching some down to brass tacks right now. It's not right for, for 25 people at one time to start talking in tongues in the church. That's out of order. Amen. I'm giving you, I'm giving you what the Bible says, how we're supposed to follow. If there's a tongue that begins to speak out in a church service, there's supposed to be an interpreter to interpretate that. And if not, he said, let them keep quiet. Am I not saying what the Bible says? Hallelujah. We need to watch these things. Amen. There is an order to the Spirit of God in the churches. Uh, <coughs> Satan will use these people to fight the leadership of the body and the church congregation as a whole. I've had people try to manipulate me like you never, never seen. I've had people come up to me, man, and they just all mushy, mushy, and say how good I'm a preacher and how good I can do this and all that and everything. And all the same time, they're trying to build me up to try to manipulate me into something they want me to do. Uh, Folks, have you heard me say this before? I was born at night, but not last night. And I've had the Holy Ghost for a good many years. I'm 69 years old now. I've been preaching since I was 14 years old. Don't you think that if, if a bad spirit's trying to come up and manipulate, manipulate me, that I can't pick up on that through the Holy Ghost? Amen. But there are people out there that try to do that kind of stuff. Amen. They refuse, here we go. Now we're talking about false brethren, and this would be sister in two now. <laughs> sister in two. <laughs> they refuse to be corrected. <laughs> Amen. You know they. Uh, it's 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 all right uh, uh, for pastor to get up there and preach. You know, everybody's going to heaven and sweet by and by. But when when the Lord speaks to me and tells me such and such and such and such has been doing this and they need to get straightened up right here and the, and the word of correction comes. They ain't going to be corrected. And the people that don't want to receive correction are the people 
that don't want a pastor. They just want somebody to, to uh, you know, get up there and um, just be a good PR person, you know. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm, like, I'm not like that dude out, out in, uh, in Texas that put out that book, uh, Having Your Best Life Now. My best life is not going to be in this world. Hallelujah. I, I kind of feel like Billy Graham did. He said, one day, he says, you are going to witness me being passed on, and I am going to be laid in that box. And he said, people are going to say, Billy Graham is dead. He said, but don't you believe it? Because at that moment in time, I'm going to be more alive than any time I've ever been. Hallelujah. God, we got we get blessings down here. God will bless us. I, I'm not saying about that. But folks, your best life is going to be when Jesus comes and calls you home. And you get that glorified body that ain't got no rheumatism in it. Apparatus and no, uh, no uh, heartaches and no pain and no suffering. Now the way I understand my best life, that, that's the best life right there. Oh, glory to God. And these people grow cold and end up becoming critical and their end is destruction. I've got to move on quickly. There are many biblical examples of false brethren if you search them out. Cain, he was false. He had a spirit of jealousy, murdered Abel. He murdered Abel because of a spirit of jealousy. And you see people in the church with that same spirit of jealousy. Amen. Amen. And it comes, it comes from Cain. He was the first. The mixed multitude, you find that in Exodus 12 and 38. When the Israelites left uh, Egypt, the Bible said a mixed multitude went out with them. They weren't all God's people that left Egypt. And in Numbers 11 and 4, if you notice, I got that down there. Do you know it was the mixed multitude that caused all the trouble in the wilderness? It was the mixed multitude that was among, it says the mixed multitude that was among them fell lusting. Amen. So that mixed multitude that come out. So folks, uh, don't, don't look over to you, the one sitting beside you right now, but sometimes the devil will come in and sit down right beside you in church. Amen. A mixed multitude. Anywhere God's got genuine, the devil's got some kind of false. Amen. Praise the Lord. Absalom, having a spirit of obeisance, tried to steal his father's throne. I've had to deal with some Absalom spirits. Amen. Those, those people that come in and try to uh, take over and do things that it's not their position and authority to do. Amen. Uh, there's a lot of people have that. False brethren in the church will put the whole congregation in danger and hinder the anointing flow in the body. Apostle Paul spoke of being in peril by false brethren. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six. He was talking about everything that he had to go through with 
He said, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea. Notice the last one. In perils among false brethren. Amen. They caused him to be in danger. Amen. So I got through that and I, 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 I kind of skimmed it. I didn't go as deep because of my time. The last one, false blessing. And I had to include this because I've seen so many people deceived by false blessing. If you remember the story of the Trojan horse, you will begin to understand what I mean by false blessing. Anybody remember the story of the Trojan horse? That there was an invading army came, they could not penetrate the walls of the city, they, they laid seeds to it for days and days. They couldn't get in. They built this great, big horse, statue of a horse, and it was hollow inside. On the inside, they put their soldiers inside that Trojan horse. Push in the middle of the night, push it up right to the gates of the city. The next day, they saw that horse and uh, they thought it was a gift. They opened the gates of the city, poured it inside, and guess what happened when sun went down? They started dropping out of that thing like flies, and they took the city. Amen, the Trojan horse. That's what I'm talking about, false blessings, things that may seem to be a blessing but it's not it. There will be times you may experience something that at first seems good, a blessing from God, but in the end it has harmful results. Many times Satan will lure us with something that appears to be a blessing, a higher paying job, a new friend, the perfect soulmate, etc. But they turn out to be a curse because you lose out with God and to ruin your life. Are you picking up what I'm trying to say here now? I know people, they were having a hard time making ends meet. And they seen and but they were they were faithful to church. They never missed a service. And then they had this job open to them that may be close to double their salary. Oh, pastor, I've been blessed. Is it a blessing? They take the job. But then that same job keeps them from being regular in the house of God. I tell you, it was a curse, not a blessing. Let me say this. It still affects me. Several years ago, a man come to me for counsel as his pastor. His wife had a job, but neither one of them had insurance. 
And we all know how important health insurance is. We understand that. She was offered a job somewhere else and they was going to have health insurance. And it, this is a, going to be a great blessing. But what do you think about it, Pastor? I said, let me pray about it. Let me get the mind of the, of the Lord. Because I, I, don't, I don't make decisions like that until I talk to God about it. And through the spirit of discernment, I got a warning from the Lord. And so when we met again, I looked at him, I says, your wife don't need to go to work there. I said, something's going to be bad happen for him. And I said, I don't know what, but something bad's going to happen for him. Well, they looked at it more as a blessing. She took the job. And with six, within six months, she had done left him for another man that was working at that other place. And he came, knocked on my door of the old church with tears in his eyes and says, Pastor, you was right. My home's tore up. I'm telling you, folks, not everything out there that appears to be a blessing, it's a blessing. And the devil will lure you with money, with other kind of things, and it's all a trick just to try to deceive you. Amen. I got one example, there's others, but one example in the Bible. Judges chapter 16. I use this because everybody's going to know who this is. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Who was it in love with Delilah? He fell in love with this woman, wound up laying his head in the lap of Delilah. This man was a champion for God. He was a champion for God. And because of his infatuation with this woman, he ended up having his eyes punched out and he was tied to a, to a, a, to a, a grinding mill, grinding for the Philistines. Amen. Um, you better be careful who you're going to get and pick for that soulmate. Uh, <laughs> 50% of marriages end in divorce today. I have that statistic. I just went through taking some people through marriage counseling. Over 50%, one out of two ends in divorce. And one of the reasons, biggest reasons for it, more people that get married for lust rather than love. And 90% of people don't think to pray to ask God, is this who you want me to wed? You better make sure that that woman or that man is in God's cards for you. Because even though you've been called, you may have a gift, a calling of God. God wants to use you, and you can marry the wrong person, 
and null it all out, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. Amen. Be, um, be concerned about false blessings. Make sure they're true blessings. Amen. Because the devil uses all of this stuff, false anointing, false doctrine, false brethren, false blessings, to try to deceive people. Let's all stand together. Hallelujah. Appreciate everybody being here tonight. Appreciate you watching online. Amen. I hope everyone has a blessed rest of the week. Let's bow our heads and thank God for this service. Father, we come tonight thanking you, Lord, for your words. Your words are lamped our feet and lightened our pathway. I'm asking you to bless every family and every person that's here tonight. Keep everybody safe on the road. Bring us back to the next appointed time. And we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name that the church say. Amen. God bless you. We love you.